Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. We had five kids in seven years. People think we're crazy, and sometimes we think they might be right. But most of the time, we love it. We hope this is a place where you can learn to be a better parent, but without taking yourself too seriously. Whether you're a new parent or have a few years under your belt, we hope you can find something new to think about. Or laugh about. After all, this is Parenting in Real Life. Hello, welcome back to episode 63, or 73, depending on how you count it. We don't count our (laughs) tiny tips one that Alexis does, even though they're good, and I think they deserve episode status. Oh, I just like to count the ones that we do together so people just know the difference between the two. But So if you count all of them, this is episode 73. (laughs) We've been gone for a long time. It's been a summer. It has been a summer. And if your summer, summer. <laughs> yeah, summer was like ours, it was long, long and crazy. <laughs> yes. Yes. School blended into summer because they were just home all the time. So mm. it's been interesting. But we want to start with a funny real life parenting moment. So our littlest, um, she's two now. Mm-hmm. Two and a half. And great talker. We've had both ends of the spectrum. So we relate with all of you parents of three-year-olds that don't say anything. But she's been a really good talker. I think the doctor was like, she should be able to string four words together. Yeah. He said at this age, like two to four words, she should start stringing together. I'm like, uh, she's like full-blown sentences. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. She sang an entire song word for word last night. And it was adorable. If you ask her, it's really cute. Like, Lucy, what's your favorite color? She says, my favorite color is purple. <laughs> She'll sometimes think and tap her cheek. Yeah. Um, my favorite color is purple. That's really cute. Whole sentence. So she's fun, but sometimes there's a curse in early speakers um, <laughs> because she's learned a little bit about what boring means. And so now her go-to excuse if she doesn't want to do something like, hey, it's time to eat dinner or it's time to get in the car or mom's leaving for a meeting or whatever she starts crying and says, it's too boring. Everything's too boring. Everything. <laughs> Just today, I said, come on, Lucy, let's go get your PJs on. No, it's too boring. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's not too boring. No, it's time for bed. This is good. <laughs> it was cute for the first like two or three weeks, and it's been two or three months of everything being too boring. So <laughs> getting a little bit uncute, but it's been fun. Good thing kids keep us laughing through all of this. Um, in interesting news, our kids are back in school in person. We are crossing our fingers and holding our breath that they can stay in school. Yeah. I just, that's always like a fear in the back of my mind that any day they can just be like, okay, and we're done going back home. 15 kids have it and we're out. Um, so it is a little bit modified. They're not going to school on Fridays. Um, Fridays are distance learning. And so we have a, I think, and I think Part of the reason, well, part of the reason is that they can do a deeper cleaning through the weekend, but I think also part of the reason is for us to practice distance learning just in case this turns into every day. Interesting. We actually kind of like it. It's a nice schedule for us. Yeah. I was just telling Alan, I kind of like the kids home on Friday. Just, I feel like you're, you know, during the week, it's so busy and our kids are at school so much of the day, you know, that it's just a chance to have a more relaxing day besides just like Saturday, you know, Mm -hmm. and another day to, to do some fun things or have play dates or. And just be involved a little bit in their learning. Cause yeah, all virtual was too much. One day a week feels like 
the right amount. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. I still am struggling with Nathan. Our first Friday, he had a packet sent home. And he did really well, like halfway through it. And then the last half, it was like pulling teeth. So Still we're like, come on, let's just finish this. Just do it. We so. bought a bag of M&Ms so that for every problem he does, he can now get one M&M. Mini M&Ms. <laughs> yep. Yes. So I'm going to put little mini M&Ms on his page. We're like, hey, you do this, you get this. <laughs> yep. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, but we're curious to hear how you guys are going back to school. If you're going back, if it's still virtual, love to hear from you and see what your experience is. Mm-hmm. Something we're living now. We've tried a couple. I'm assuming your kids and yourself probably are, have to wear face masks as we do. Um, so we've tried a couple of different ones, and I think my favorite ones are from Old Navy. They just seem to fit us all better. They have adult size and kid size, and they're the adult ones are adjustable, which I really like. Um, but they actually fit my kids. Like we bought some from other stores. They just didn't fit my kids right. Like they were too big and. Anyway, these ones fit good. They washed well. Those are our favorite masks right now. It's a weird year <laughs> that we're recommending face masks to each other. We also got some lockers from Ikea. Game changer. Oh, man. It cleared out our mudroom. It's amazing. Our mudroom is perfect for a family of three. We're a family of seven. <laughs> so it just wasn't working. So these lockers from Ikea are relatively cheap, but they're made out of metal. And so it feels like they're really sturdy and look good and we let the kids decorate them and mm-hmm. they put their backpacks their shoes their jackets their books lunch boxes in there it's amazing They're i can't just... wait for winter when they have their coats and snow pants and stuff and they can just shove them in the locker so it I... never has to see the house not that i can't wait for winter i can wait for winter <laughs> she can always wait i can always wait for winter <laughs> uh we wanted to share a quick um, review that we got recently just because I loved it so much. Um, this was by Shingler family and they said, we loved your pocket podcast so much. We listened to it the entire way on our trip from Texas to Colorado. I found it the night before our trip last night and it's just awesome. Even our kids enjoyed it. So thank you Shingler family for that awesome review. And so awesome that you guys just like binge listened on your <laughs> road trip. I love that so much. <laughs> Shout out to Texas. We love Texas. I lived in Texas. We have family in Texas. So yep. Good on you. Yep. Texas is awesome. So today our discussion is going to be about talking to your kids about real world events. Um, as you know, life has been crazy. And especially if you're in the U.S., um, things seem to have kind of escalated. Like COVID happened and then just new things keep happening. We've had um, police brutality. We had a Black Lives Matter movement. There's been marches and rioting. Just a lot of things that have just felt really heavy and are important, but it's a lot at once. And I don't always like to talk to my kids about these things because I think some of it is just a little too mature for them. And I also like to shield them, especially from violence. Um, But they still hear things from their friends and and some of our neighbors. And I think it is important to share some of the things and and talk about like what's happening in the world. So, but I want I did some research about how how to do it. How do we do this the right way, like without saying too much or making them anxious, you know, like how do we talk about this that's in a positive light? Yeah. It it is like the natural tendency to just like shield your kids and mm-hmm. hide them from the world. But the reality is, especially the world information just flows so freely mm-hmm. um, that it gets to kids maybe earlier than it would have. And so I don't think that not telling them is an option, right? Like, I think you need to have these conversations. Um, so how do you have those conversations? 
So the first thing people recommend is ask your kids what they already know. And that's um, great advice, right? I think that's great advice for a lot of things, but especially these types of things. Start with where they are. Um, Maybe they know nothing. And you may even ask them what they want to know. You know, like get their opinion and, and don't feed them too much. Just give them enough. I also think too, it's so easy to get false information. So mm. you're like, what, like, what have you heard? What, what do you know about this? And that way they can tell you what they know. And if it's wrong, this is a chance to give them the right facts, right? right? Like this is actually what happened. This is what's going on, you know? Cause to our fourth and third grader, all the fifth and sixth graders that they meet just know everything about everything, <laughs> but they don't always have perfect information. So it's good to fact check, yeah. but you don't. It's good to let them talk first. And so going along with that, the second thing is to let to let them know the facts then. And also let them know that it's okay to talk about scary or tricky things and just have open conversations in your house. Like let it be a safe place for them to come talk to you about things. And I mean, this is right now we're talking about like just events in the world, but then you kind of want this to be anything, you know, anything that your kids are going through, you want them to be able to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. As you're doing it, it's important to do it when you can do it in a calm way, right? Your kids are going to read your fear or your anger or any negative emotion that you may not want them to put on these events. They'll see it if it's in you. And so do your best to be calm. I don't think that means you have to be perfect, right? Like some of these things are really stressful and and scary and frustrating. and um, But I, I think you need to be a good example of, talking your emotions out versus, you know, reacting and and being um, overly emotional about things. Um, The next thing is to let your kids know that they're safe. And I also think adding to that, like how to be safe, depending on what the topic is. Um, I remember after September 11th happened, uh, I grew up an hour north of San Diego and we were kind of near um, Camp Pendleton. And I remember everyone was afraid that the terrorists were going to attack Camp Pendleton next and how that was going to affect us, you know, and what was going to happen to us. Um, I think that would have been far enough away from my home that it wouldn't, that we would have been safe anyway. But just talking about those type of things, you know, with your, your kids, like, Hey, this is what happened. Maybe there's a possibility, but we're going to be okay. And we'll be here. And it is too far away. Like just talking those things through with your kids. Um, and then teaching them how to be safe. Uh, a big topic that has gone around lately was about sex trafficking and just, you know, teaching your kids like how to be safe in public and, and, you know, stay in numbers and what you're looking for, like, and how to be aware and to be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, everyone's talking about coronavirus and how to stay healthy, you know, and talk about, okay, we need to wash our hands and we wear masks and use hand sanitizer and stuff like that. So I think if you're just talking to your kids about the safe things to do, I think that'll help cause or help keep anxiety away and, and help kids be calm. Yeah. I think it, again, it's like, talk about the facts, right? Like don't instill fear into your kids about coronavirus or sex trafficking or anything else. I don't think fear is very healthy Mm -hmm. instead in power, right? Help them just know basics of, of how to be safe. And, and I think that's enough. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also on the other side of that coin is it's okay to let your kids know it's normal to be concerned. We have a lot of conversations about natural disasters and 
lockdown practice um, also made our kids nervous about an intruder coming into their school. And so it's okay to say like, hey, again, safe place. It's okay to talk about your fears. Um, You don't want to instill fear. But when they have fear, and they will, let them know that they can come to you and be scared. Um, and we, you can talk about it. The next thing is to talk about what's appropriate for their age. Um, depending on how old they are, what they can handle, just make sure you either like tone it down a little bit. If you have teenagers, you can get a more in-depth conversations, but just kind of, you know, know what's, what's good for their age level. And thank goodness for the internet. I feel like in almost all of these situations, I've seen articles where a child psychologist will tell you what's age appropriate. Yeah. So if you're in the middle of something crazy, look it up and, and smart people that know what ages can handle will will give their professional opinion. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to take a quick break. The next one is to leave space for questions and allow repetition. These are tough topics. I know Alexis and I go walking every morning, and we pretty much talk about these things every morning. Yeah. <laughs> so even as adults, we need to talk about this again and again and again. And sometimes I'm like, man, we, we talk about this a lot. But, <laughs> but it's just... For me, it's healthy to regurgitate these things over and over as I'm trying to understand them and understand how I need to feel about them. So let them that do that too. This doesn't have to be like an open and closed book. Hey, we're talking about this. Okay, you good? And then we never talk about it again. And they might repeat the same questions. Like they might ask you something, you talk about it, and then the next day they ask you the same question. And I think we just have to be patient with our kids and, and help keep walking them through it as their brain processes it. Yep. And then... I think this almost goes without saying, but don't show them graphic images. Uh, if you're a news watcher, like maybe don't have your kids in the room while you're watching the news. You just aren't always sure what's going to come up. Um, you know, on Instagram and Facebook, there's people share things that they've seen and stuff like that, which are not always great for kids. So just make sure you're not just because those images or those videos can stick in their mind. So just be careful what you're showing your kids. If your kids are on social media, this wasn't. This is just parenting according to alan um one interesting choice um just just kidding (laughs) (laughs) but seriously if your kids are on social media um probably good to have a conversation about the dangers of getting your news from social media Mm -hmm. right like they're new to social media they're new to news on social media that i i think everybody can agree like that is not the place to get news Mm -hmm. right like it's a huge issue um, with our world right now, frankly. And so I would teach your kids good sources, right? Like go to, go to reliable sources. Um, Don't believe what you hear or what's shared on social media, unless it's from a trusted source, um, a reputable source, at least, even if they're not trusted. I think social media too, at least through the last couple of months, it feels so angry. I had to like just kind of back away from social media for a while this summer just because everyone was so mad. Like anything that was said, any opinion that was shared, they would get attacked. And it just felt like everyone was so – and it just made me feel stressed and angry too. And I would be like, you know, fighting for my own side and just – I usually don't comment on things like that. But it would just be like inside me and I'm like, okay, I just need to back away from social media because I'm feeling angry. And so I'm sure kids too, as they're on it, they're getting hyped about stuff and they're feeling intense emotions about things. So maybe yep. too, it's kind of good to back away from social media sometimes. Yep. I uh, just follow crafters. And they've <laughs> remained fairly mentally stable. They just craft as their therapy. 
but it's a, actually I joke and it's mostly true, but even, um, even the crafting world got a little stirred up about some of this stuff because it's just so close to home and so everywhere and we're all on edge. And so social media is not the place to get news. It's not the place to form your opinions or share your opinions, frankly, but, um, that's a, an opinion. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, don't show them graphic images, teach them good sources to get, uh, accurate information. And then talk about the positive things. I love this. And we probably shared this, um, but it's just such good advice in times like this. Mr. Rogers mom, when he was watching some scary things happen on the news and whatnot, um, she said, always look for the helpers. And there's always people that are seeing past the crazy and being helpers and making, making positive change. And so point your kids to that. Um, it gives a sense of calm. It gives a sense of um, what they can do, right? Looks to the right examples. So just really good advice. I think as a family too, you can decide, you know, what can we do to help the mm-hmm. situation? Like how are we going to educate ourselves or help those who are hurting or, you know, give to people who are in need? I think this is a good chance for you to serve others and also just develop more as a human being. Mm-hmm. And then our very last tip for you is to share your values with your kid. Um, Let them know what your beliefs are and what you believe is right and wrong and where you stand on the issues. I think this is especially true for um, older kids is you can have those discussions and just say, you know, this is what, this is where I am on this, you know? And I think we can do that a little bit with our younger kids. Um, I don't know if they've quite developed um, their own stand on things or what, what their own opinions are on things, but you can, I think it's good to share with them and say, Hey, this is what, this is what I believe, or this is what I think we should be doing. Mm-hmm. I, I think in some ways that's the easiest things to share with your kids, especially the young ones. They don't understand black lives matter. They don't understand, you know, my, my kids are frankly like very white and in a white neighborhood. And so they don't get that. And so I'm not going to be able to explain that in a way. And we bought some books and we've done some things to try and help them understand that their situation isn't everybody's situation. But one of the things they do get is we love everybody and, and we don't, we don't look at somebody and make a decision on whether or not we should be nice to them. Everybody is worth being nice to and everybody deserves equal treatment. Um, And so I think those are sometimes the easiest way to talk about some of these really tough topics, especially with like social injustice and stuff is just make it really clear that, it's, it exists, but that's not right that we, that's not how we treat people. So to wrap up, um, there's a lot there, right? 10, 10 or so tips on how to talk to your kids. I think the important thing is to talk to your kids, um, open up that conversation, do it in a way that's age appropriate and makes them feel comfortable and empowered, um, versus scared or, um, just feeds them your negative emotions and help them, start to form opinions on these really tough things. I think the world's not going to get less crazy. And so help them start to build their core beliefs and their values. And, and, and it is, I mean, it is a crazy time and there's no way around that. But I think one of the great things about this time is it's kind of forced us into our homes and into our, our core unit, um, the atomic family, right? Like who, who do you live with and, and be that support for each other. And so I think that's, important that you do it as um, you and your significant other, if that's, if you have that and, and certainly you have kids, if you're listening to this. And so be that with your kids, right? Support each other. 
And that uh, little bark you heard in the background is a teaser for our, an upcoming episode. We did something crazy on top of COVID. And that's Pepper. You'll meet her later. <laughs> Actually, I posted about her on her Instagram. So if you follow me on there, you can see a picture of her. That's right. Sneak peek. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. Alexis, as always, thanks for your great research. And Alan, thanks for your amazing editing skills. You can follow us on Instagram at Alexis Tanner Lane or tweet us. I'm at Alan T. Tanner. And I'm at Alexis Tanner 1. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And give us a rating. That's how people find out about our podcast. And as always, a special thanks to our five kids for being kids. <laughs>